Good morning, good morning. I am a mother first, so my alarm will be going off in 15 minutes so I can wake up my son. And other than that, I'm all yours. <laughs> I cannot ignore the alarm because I may forget to get him up. Hallelujah. I've been doing that since he was long as I can remember, and I want to keep that going. <laughs> Hallelujah. I love you guys so much. Holy Spirit is saying a lot, a whole lot. And guess what? Holy Spirit is saying a lot to us from a place of who we originally are, not how we come off, not how we sound off, not how we portray ourselves to be outside of our true identity. Holy Spirit addresses us as to who we are. That is the spirit of truth. There is no lying in it. It don't matter if I consider myself, you consider yourself as something else. Holy Spirit going to call you who you are. It don't matter how we feel. Holy Spirit going to speak things that ought to be spoken about you to just have us to know that it's better, to know that it is more available for us at any time. Do you know how many wait to the next time to encounter God, to feel the presence of God, to experience heaven here? We have an all day long, all the day long opportunity to receive what God wants to say, to receive what God wants to do all the day long. Holy Spirit is doing some serious stirring of oneself up because Holy Spirit is saying we confess that we want and we declare to be as Jesus is and we want God's full potential to manifest and we're ready, we're hungry, we're thirsty for it. But we got to know what we're hungry for. We have to know what we're thirsty for. I'm not thirsty to continue to keep repenting from being in a cycle that I know has ended when Christ got up because I did too. It's not a thirst to say, okay, I'm going to do better. I'm going to know better. No, I've been made better. It's a hunger from changing up what can come to what actually is. It's a hunger of, I don't like what's happening to Father, be it unto me. It's a hunger that you deny anything that's trying to rob you of the encounters that you have with God that leads you to his presence because you know that the goodness only comes from the Lord. It's such a hunger to deny oneself no matter what's taking place. It's a hunger to deny my own understanding and actually come along with his way of understanding. So now my thoughts become his in every situation, knowing that persecution is best for me. Know that consecration is best for me. Knowing that being quickened and sharpened is best for me. Knowing that me being stretched and pulled is best for me. Knowing that I look up to God and know that he is God alone. That's best for me to trust in the Lord with all of my being is best for me to allow my body to be his temple is best for me it's best for me to be stretched it's best for me to not know because that means growth is present type of hunger we know a lot of ingredients has how to fix a meal earthly without even looking for the ingredients we just know what to pick up from the store to make what we want to make but we have spiritual ingredients and they call love joy peace patience kindness gentleness generosity faithfulness and self-control without self-control there is no peace without self-control there is no love without self-control there is no godly character 
without any fruit than how we connected to the vine to bear much more thereof type of hunger that we have now. The type of hunger to look, look evil in the eye and say, I'm still going to walk in love in spite of having a victor mentality instead of thinking I'm a victim because what's come up against me because God already set the path before me and already paved the way of an escape for me. So all I have to do is just acknowledge him in every single thing, whether I'm aware or unaware. He knows what's best for me. He knows who I am more than who I know. I'm not trying for God to get to know me. I am seeking God for me to get to know myself type of hunger. Knowing that this year has already begun and things are already taking place that seem to be uncomfortable. But uncomfortable in the kingdom is acceleration. Hallelujah. God is saying, get up, get up, get up, get up. Not saying that you're down, but get up with your confidence. Get up with your your knowledge of knowing that you always win. Get up in what you know. Get up because of who you know. Get up because where you are seated. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. You can't stay. I cannot stay where we are. We get too comfortable where we are. We have to come up higher and higher and higher. And if God just allowed things to feel good to the flesh all the time, then what is the purpose of growth? What is the purpose of acknowledging that growth needs to take place? What is the purpose of advancing? What's the purpose of actually being equipped to discover that we are fully equipped? Hallelujah. Type of hunger. And what goes with hunger alongside thirst. I am thirsty, God, to fulfill. I am thirsty, God, to take you seriously. I am thirsty, God, to not take advantage of your mercy. I am thirsty, God, to love my neighbors as you love me. I am thirsty, God, that nothing that no one can ever do could cause me not to walk in love because you are love for every single one of us. Father, I am thirsty that I said yes to your will, yes to your way, so I go along with that process to release you everywhere I go. God, I'm thirsty that it's not about me, so I'm not going to broadcast what you're using me to do, even though you're the one you in me, but I pull all the attention on you. Father, I cut off the cameras. Father, I shut off the TV. Father, I take off the selfies. Father, it's all about you. I exalt you so you can exalt me because I don't even know how to exalt myself because I'm still learning all about who I really am. And you, God, I'm so thirsty to give a praise. I'm so thirsty to say thanks on a higher level, even in the midst of whatever could be going on. I'm not looking at myself as being troubled. I'm not going to look and that the world is superseding the children of God because we all have gotten up, whether you are aware or not, type of hunger. How dare I look God in the face and say that we lose when we have already won without even doing anything? Our father is a winner. He's not a loser. Our father is the highest. He's not beneath Sometimes we get set in our ways and thinking because we're seasoned. But what does season actually mean? It doesn't mean older because wisdom don't come with time. Wisdom come from God. We got to stop thinking the longer we hear, the more better we become. No, the more you just experience on time of being here, we could be here for a hundred years and still not know God. And there are children who are here for two years and say, thank you, Jesus. Some of us not ready for the life that God has positioned before us. 
because many of us going to slack in our worship and slack without giving of thanks because we got what we wanted, not even aware that there's so much more to get and grab. He said, I will give you all things. Why stop at the things you're just asking for? When he said, above what we can ask or even think. In this season, God is saying that we have everything that we think we have, but we lack in one thing. What is that one thing? Yeah, you have all the other fruits, but you're lacking one. What? Joy. Yeah, I know you pray to me. I know you fasten. I know you give me thanks. I know that you're just living unto me and you surrender your life to me, but you're lacking one thing. What? Joy. You're lacking one thing. What? Peace. You're lacking one thing. What? Patience. Lacking one thing. What? Kindness. Lacking one thing. Being gentle. Lacking another thing. Being generous. Another. Come on, somebody. Faithful. Got to be faithful with love. Got to be faithful with patience. It's so much easier and don't lack self-control. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We cannot, cannot get comfortable where we are. We cannot get comfortable where we are. Our lives are changing for the better. We can't go around saying what God don't say. And if God telling us something, then hold him to what he said. We don't have to prove ourselves. God don't prove himself. God told us to prove him. He didn't say, I'll prove myself. He said, I put my word above me. That means it shall be accomplished the way I send it. He said, prove me. He didn't say, I'll prove myself. He said, I want you to prove me. Prove me that I am who I say I am. Prove me that I am your healer. Prove me that I am your provider. Prove me that I am good unto you. Many of us thinking that what we can see naturally determines a person that's blessed. No, we're blessed because of him, not because of the things that will perish away. I could be in this place today and not being here tomorrow doesn't determine me being blessed or not. It's because of who walking with me. A lot of times we put I instead of saying God. I got to do. I got to get. He already gotten it for us. All we got to do is walk it out. As it fall in place due to it being in the season and time for it to come to pass. Many of us thinking of victim mentality already. So many things happening already this year. I'm experiencing things I didn't have to experience. I'm feeling dishonored and I'm being lied upon. I'm being disrespected. You're calling things forward when you could call things. And I could call things that be not a thought word. We can give up food and still not be on one accord with God and be people that are eating and right there with him. A sacrifice is based upon change, based upon honor and loyalty, consistency and persistency. God give me the word superior. Another word, long-suffering. There is supremacy in long-suffering. And long-suffering does not mean suffering long. Long-suffering means opportunities to endure, to have God be him. Because only he can bring us out. Only he can. He just wants us to know there is no other. So we got to calm ourselves down and quiet ourselves. I come against anxiety, oppression, depression. There is nothing wrong with your mind. 
Why do we think that we sitting there going to strangers and just talking about things and showing them things and revealing things about our lives and it keep happening? Not saying it's not okay to do so, but why is it still going on? It's not set up to see somebody one time and then, oh, you're better. Even when it comes to a physical doctor, still got to go for those checkup and visits. Even when it comes to the dentist, got to still check up on the visits, making sure everything is fine, orally. Even when it comes to hairdos, got to continue to go to the barber, to the hair salon, hair grows, hair need to be done. When it comes to anything, it's going to be a repetitive thing taking place. Naturally. But with God, it only needs to happen once. We got to be mindful that we are in ministry. How does that look to God and to people out here in the world? We walk in like Christ, but we're lacking one thing. You don't have the mouth of Christ. You don't have the personality of Christ. I don't have the personality of Christ. We thinking that we can have our way and do what we do because of who we think we are. In this season, God wants us to extend our hand like Christ did with the adulterous woman, like Christ did with Peter. Come on. I know you tripping, but come on. I know you're slipping, but come on. I know you're dishonoring, but come on. I know you're gossiping, but come on. I know you're stirring up strife, but come on. I know you just lied on me, but come on. I know you're trying to destroy me, but come on. And we say, come on, because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're snatching people out of the enemy's hand. It don't matter who it is and how long they have not been in his hand. We all have an opportunity to say yes to God or say yes to Satan. Like in, in Mark 8, the message translation, Christ said, who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, you are Jesus, you are the Messiah, you are the Son of God. And Christ said, aha, flesh and blood has not revealed that to you. Our Father let you in on our little secret. From this day, I call you Peter, because upon this rock, I'll build my foundation. And a little bit after that, Christ was prophesying his crucifixion and resurrection. And just after he changed Peter's name, because he began to speak words of life, he grabbed Christ's hand and rebuked him in the same manner. Went from getting his name changed, being ordained to speaking like a mere man. He grabbed Christ's hand and said, you are not suffer a crucifixion. You will not be resurrected. He was speaking from emotion. You are not, I'm not going to allow that to happen to you. No one's going to take you to hurt you, but you confess that I'm Messiah. And I told you, and you already heard through the scripts and scrolls in the Torah, what's going to take place. And Christ said, Peter, watch out. Peter watched out, got out the way. And Christ said, Satan, get out of here. Peter had no idea Satan was that close to him, influencing him. Because you're not going to see him speak in your ear directly. Quenisha, go do this, go do that. And you're looking at Satan. No, no. He tries to get in the mind, to get in the heart, to get in our emotions regarding everything. 
If you notice a change in your behavior or my behavior or my thoughts, go from speaking words of faith to speaking words of doubt. Satan is right there. Go to bed feeling good and wake up upset because you don't want to go to work. Satan is right there. Trying to keep you from commanding your day, commanding my day. Even amidst the traffic, somebody cut you off suddenly or it could be just sudden traffic and you in a hurry, cussing everybody out but wanting to at least. Satan is right there. Christ said, Peter, watch out, Satan, get out of here. You don't know how me and my father thinks. See, Satan didn't know that Christ was prophesying his own resurrection. Because he told Peter to rebuke him and Peter did. He went from listening to God, you are the Messiah, to now listening to Satan. You will not be crucified. Just that fast. See how quick it can happen? See how quick we can change our hearts? See how quick we can change our mind? See how quickly we become open to another voice? We could be serving for years and years, and all of a sudden, there goes something negative. And many of us know that it's negative, but still choose to operate that way. And Holy Spirit is like, no, don't do it. 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 Go back. Go back. Go back. Don't do it. Because Holy Spirit know that we're going to be crying before God, begging for repentance, forgiveness, and asking for mercy, feeling bad, going through that process that we didn't have to go to or go through because Holy Spirit told us in the first place not to. And we listen. But many of the times, we don't listen. Go left. Go left. But right is more quicker. It's faster. Go left. Go left. Don't talk to her that way. Don't talk to him that way. Don't marry her. Don't marry him. Wait, 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 wait. Don't walk in lust of the world. Lust just don't mean physically. Soul ties just don't mean physical intimacy. Mental is coming alongside with something else. You can entertain, I can entertain those thoughts that are from mere men. It's proof in the word. Satan do not know everything. Because he did not know Christ was getting up. And Christ told him right there, I will be resurrected on the third day. He goes beside Peter. No, he won't. Peter grabs his hand. No, you were not. No, you were not. And guess what? On the third day, Satan had to watch that come to pass. Like he said he was going to get up. I didn't believe it. (laughs) Do you understand? Let God take great care of you and I without us lifting up a finger because we can frustrate ourselves and become busybodies trying to make things happen so much because we want things to happen good. But you got to realize what's the motive behind that? So people can see that we're doing something? Does it matter? Did Christ care about that? Do you know every good thing come from above? It's a reason why Christ didn't have no ships that he could have built back then. No banks that he could have built back then. Every good thing come from above. No cars, no planes. Could have had all that then as we have in this generation. Why? Because it's not even about that. It's about having a heart to just go and do. No matter what it takes to make sure it get done. We have to have that heart. It's a song called, 
Father, I will not cross the ocean for you. It's called something else. <laughs> for your glory, I'll do anything. I'll do anything for your glory. God's glory is nothing but him receiving himself back at himself again because of who he is. He receiving his goodness amongst himself. He receiving his might, his power, his strength amongst himself because it only comes from him. Hallelujah. Excuse me, I'm sending a message while I'm talking. Hallelujah. It's all good. God said, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Get this done and you can do it. Don't feel overwhelmed. You're equipped to do it. Yes, God. Because I'm a mother first. And God wants me to, you know, increase in my motherhood. I want you to do more with your son. Invest more in him and talk more with him. Do more things with him personally. Spend more time not just leaving out and going places with your son, but be at home and doing good, great things. Impart some more words of wisdom in your child every day. I'll give you a new idea. Just depend on me for everything. I'll tell you what you need to know. Just give me all of you, and I'm giving you already all of me. You're just discovering it. God will send you and I to a battlefield to a battlefield will lead us into persecution, will lead us into difficulty. And many of us try to run away from it, but it's prosperity. Many of us actually running from Satan. But we have the problem to defeat him every single time because he prevailed not. We got to be strong with the strength of God because we are weak. His strength is made perfect every time coming from God. We have to end these cycles. I'm still having an attitude problem. I'm still walking in unforgiveness. I'm still snappy. I still hold grudges. I still do tick for tack. I still be throwing out hints and nuggets at people when I really want to speak directly. I'm still being sarcastic. I'm still looking around to see what's going on with this person. I'm still walking in insecurity. I'm still looking around to see how good they look. I want to look good like that. I'm still looking around to see who got this house, who got that car. I want to be like that because they look blessed to me. You don't know no one's relationship with God. You better stop assuming. I better stop assuming because we don't know, but we can pray. You know how many people have came to me and say, you can have this mansion. Give me your boldness. You can have these cars. You can have this lifestyle. Because people walk around with all that space and not making no room for God. But when we teach them, they begin to understand. Then they can begin to enjoy a life with him. Christ never mimicked that a life of prosperity is a life with things. It's a life with God. We put things before him sometimes and not even aware Thinking that we bless because we accumulate in things. No, the things are there to accumulate people. Let me tell you what happened to my bank account last week. It was 10 different companies from California State went into my account and took out money. 10 to 15 different companies 
and I would get a notification on my phone because I got it set up that way. Whenever a withdrawal or whenever I deposit or anything transaction, I get notified. And it kept going off every day, sometimes three times a day, the same company go to my account three times. I'm like, hold up, what in the world? And I and it gave me a number to call the people, these 1888 numbers, 1866 numbers. I'm calling them, excuse me. I never, ever given permission for someone to go to my account and take, matter of fact, what is this? Uh, you signed up for a membership? I never did. You never did? No. You want to counsel it? Yes, I do. Please. See, God is testing my patience because many of them didn't speak English well. So you got to repeat more than once. And some, they get like, they don't want to be on the phone. They'll hang up on you. Some people don't want to go to work and they just give you whatever kind of attitude because they don't want to be there. Hold, please. On hold for like 10 minutes. Get back on the phone. Click. Oh, wow. Now I got to start all over again. Wait another 10 minutes for something they're doing that <laughs> I didn't give them permission to do. So it kept happening. It was taking out large sums of money last week. Then all of a sudden, I called my bank. I said, what can you do to restrict these people from coming and taking out of my account without my permission? They say, we can freeze your account. No, don't freeze it because then I'm not going to have access to it. Well, we can restrict it. No, because I want to have access to it. What else can you do? Can you like put a blockage on these specific names that you see this on my account that they took out these, you know, transactions and, you know, taking out this money? Hold on, see what we can do. Then I called my card. It was like, this card is, you know, it's no longer on file. I'm like, oh, God. I called the phone company. Let me ask you. I called the, my credit card company, you know, and they was like, um, we put a block on it. So we reported it stolen. So you got to get a new card. So you got to wait another seven to ten business days like everybody else just told you so. So 16 pending transactions in my account. But I'm going to tell you how God is so intentional. They say, well, didn't you tell us? to?" I said, I never said to restrict it. I said, don't. See, the thing is, God had them to. Because in order for them to not have access, you have to have a new card. I didn't want to have a new card because I wanted to use it that day. I knew I would have to wait another seven to ten business days unless you want to pay to get it in three days. For something that they did that I didn't even give permission them to do. You understand? And I was like, it's okay. It's everything's all right. I'll just wait patiently. I wasn't thinking about anything but just God. Okay, you know what you're doing, God. He increases our level of trust in him by us being in situations that we think are difficult, but it's actually an opportunity for prosperity. Hallelujah. So go all out being who you originally are. So will I. It's like... Is a zero tolerance for being else, you know, anything else or being elsewhere. Are you able to look at the people that's in front of you that can cause difficulty towards you and you still wrap your arms around them and say, God, forgive them for they know not what you do until we can actually walk in loving those who persecute you, doing good to those who do harm to you, serving those who disrespect you and I. Then we don't know what it's like to be like Christ and we can't even settle with that theology. Oh, you hurt? Oh, you said this to me? Oh, don't oh, don't play with my family. Don't play with my friends. Or don't play with my money. We're not Jehovah Nisi. Sometimes it's great to just quote unquote fall back. 
Many of us just have to say something, just have to do something, and then wind up repenting and making situations worse. When God's glory is present, it's about him, not us. The devil hate that we sober and we watch him. The devil hate that we keeping our focus on God. He hates that. And it's a darn shame that he should hate something like that, being created from God like that. But it's true. It is what it is. We have an enemy, not our neighbor. Now, we can open ourselves up to be used by the enemy towards our neighbor. But we got to snatch them out the enemy's hand without love. Our praise steals the plan. So you need to praise. I need to praise. Don't stop praising. Things keep happening, then I mean you need to keep on praising that. Can't take breaks. Cannot take breaks within praise. Cannot take breaks within faith. It's a consistent walk. Isaiah 53 describes Satan, I mean, excuse me, describe Christ coming in the form of flesh. And he looked unappealing and no one would have thought that he would be our Messiah because he came looking like a regular man. But you see the significance of this scripture? Isaiah talked about that. That's in the Old Testament. And yet Christ came in the same way that Isaiah prophesied and many still didn't believe. Here I am in a description of Isaiah. Still don't believe. Here I am in a description of John. Even he had to stir John up. I'm not worthy to baptize you. It has to get done, John. Okay. But you knew you had to baptize me. That's why you declare and prepare you the way. Because you know he's coming this way. To be baptized. So us as believers, what are we saying? Because we are the generation. It's us. We're it. We read about Martin Luther King and all the great leaders, Abraham Lincoln, and what they have done in their time. It's our time. The story is still being written, which God has already written. But I mean in the earth, about you and I. I notice the more I keep my camera off, not saying that the, you know, show what God is doing, but the more I have intentions that I'm out here just for him, the more that I'm getting phone calls, the more that I'm, I didn't know I was going to be in the Washington Post last year. Me and my child. I didn't come for any of that. I came to bring peace in the atmosphere that was very chaotic due to racism. And I'm on, I mean, me and my son was in five different news articles. Washington Post, Washington Times, and the paper of France and all these other foreign places. Had no idea. Hallelujah. Seriously. Seriously, when we exalt him, he exalt us without us even trying to. Now, it's okay to show people what God is doing on us, but make sure that we're showing, showcasing him and not us. Because we could get caught up, though. We can really get caught up. We can really get caught up and sometimes can become big-headed and start looking at people beneath us. And then God will bring us to a place where we soon to forget. How about we just eliminate all of that and just stay in the presence? Just stay there. Many of us got so much negative motives, being so sneaky. Anytime we talk about anybody who's not there, that's gossip. 
and we know that they should be there to hear what we got to say, that's gossip. It doesn't matter if you being laughed at, talked about. That's nothing but the enemy trying to get under your skin, my skin. When we resist the enemy, he got to flee. You know what it's like for someone to just honor you, then start to dishonor you in the same matter. And many of us be like, you know, I'm going to separate myself. I don't want to be bothered. No, that's the time to want to, you know, be around, not separate. Because if God allowing you to see that, then there's an opportunity for you to have God receive glory in and through that. I was on the job going through all of that. And then all of a sudden, and all of a sudden, what happened was I kept going in the closet to pray. Did not allow anyone to see. I had to go through that process of first not wanting no one to see how I really feel to now me not wanting to see myself feel that way because it shouldn't be feelings like that on the inside of me coming from God. Then I realized once I begin to be patient with the situation and still be loving and extend my hand to people who was trying to cut mine off, they would say, you know what? Can you pray for me, Quenisha? I'm still getting that today. And I don't tell no matter how many years it's been, still today, can you pray for me? I know I lied, but can you pray for me? I know I stole from you, but can you pray? I went to this house party years ago. People that we know we grew up with around the way. And someone thought it was a great idea to put a crushed up peel in my drink. And I just had a little small cup. Because I don't go nowhere, you know, like that. And God said, give this testimony. And the thing is, is that the person who did it was sitting there watching the process. And they must have put more than usual in my cup. Because all I know is I was just sitting there drinking. It's like maybe four sips in the cup. And next thing you know, I wake up at one something, two in the morning on the floor while everybody on the couch. And I'm like, what in the world happened? And God said, get up and go home now. I felt strange. I felt different. I felt woozy. God said, get up and go now. And I had this beautiful dress on. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm on the floor with a dress on. It's guys here, girls here. What happened? God said, go home. I went home. I start to pray. This was years ago. And I started coming in too, just like that. And all of a sudden, the person called me. I was walking back and forth monitoring you at night because you just fell out your chair. And you just collapsed on the kitchen floor. So me, as a private investigator, forensics, into the, all of that, capital punishment, all of it, believe in a you know, judiciary system. I start, you know, having my private eye investigating things. Okay, wait a second. I went from sitting in this chair to passing out on your kitchen floor. I wouldn't even be able to, I wouldn't even made it that far. What happened? So I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt. What happened to me? Well, you just passed out on the floor in the kitchen and I got some pictures you want to see. Wait a second. The devil make a fool out of himself always. He'll make a fool out of any of us if we let him. That's why God tried to keep us from being made a fool out of by saying, stop, no, don't go no further. Don't go no further. Then look, I'm a clear example that the devil made a fool out of me, but thank God that he's the one end up looking foolishly. Had me to 
think I'm with the right person or living this way and living that way, totally wrong. And I'm parading up and down just the way to live, the way to be, the person to be with, totally off. But you always feel, and there's no excuse, you always feel in your spirit that something is not 100%. But we, we tend to ignore it by looking at the other 85 or the other 90 or maybe sometimes 20%. Because we don't want to admit we made that type of mistake, no matter what kind of mistake it is. You don't have to always be with a person. It could be a place or a thing. Moved into that house, now all of a sudden, all hell breaking loose. All these leakages everywhere, mold all showing up out of nowhere, termites all over the place. Got people living inside your walls, refusing to leave because they had been foreclosed. All kinds of stories. And then we like, oh God, we didn't know it was going to be like this. Even a realtor can have an attitude problem, could just, you know, take your money and be so, you know, selling themselves. Then all of a sudden you got to apply by all these rules. Can't even cut your grass for real. We got somebody here to cut it for you. Can't grow flowers. Can't have a pet. Can't do what? You didn't say all this. It's private owned. I can say what I want. They can make up a new lease. And all of a sudden, she said, I got pictures of you. I said, hold on. In the midst of me passing out on your floor by having two sips of wine, you mean to tell me? That you took a picture of me? That was your reaction to me passing out is getting a picture? Oh, devil, you're making a fool out of yourself. Keep talking. And not just giving that person, you know, money because they had stuff going on and I wanted to help out. I went all the way to the store, went to three different stores to make sure I could use the ATM properly to get what they wanted. And you were setting up to put something in my drink all along. So God said, go get your money back. Because they said they're going to give it to you. Go back over there and address this issue. And God was also dealing with me on being merciful. Because if you know that someone's trying to harm you, who you thought love you, you're going to feel some type of way. Because anything could have happened. I could have OD'd. They could have put too, it was, you know, it, it had to be enough, too much. I don't even remember to this day. Would it happen for me to pass out like that? All I remember is me getting up and going home. But I thank God that no one touched me because I have not been touched at that time in almost more than 10 years. So I knew I wasn't touched. But for, for them to pick me up off the floor with that dress on my thigh, that didn't sit well with me. For you to even actually put something in my drink like that. But I wasn't even going to call a person out. I said, okay, I forgive. I'm just going to never, you know, I know where I stand. Don't go over there no more. Just cut them off. Leave them alone. And they felt so bad, but they didn't want to say nothing. Like, we shouldn't have did that. But, you know, it's all in their faces. Like, we were worried. We were scared because you wouldn't get up. And, of course, I wouldn't get up. I was drugged with the alcoholic beverage. What you expect? And it took everything in me not to shut that house down. Because any of us can operate in, in a fence or in our emotions. Anybody can get their hand on any type of weapon or do anything. But we choose not to live that type of way. Exactly. And I don't walk in hate. I walk in love. But I don't have a record. Never had a record. I can easily go get a firearm and license it just for protection. Even walk around the streets of D.C. and Maryland with it. As long as it's in the Hollister, I'll be fine. 
keep it in the holster, you're good. But who wants to walk around with that when God is our protector? That's not power, having a gun. Thou should not kill. The majority of the time, we're killing with our mouth. That's a powerful weapon. Speaking words of death and not words of life. So I went over there going through a process of mercy and not kirking off because anything could have happened to me. I thought y'all cared. I thought y'all loved me. That's how y'all feel about me. All these years, for real, this is this, this what you, this how you feel? God said, don't say anything. I just go get your money. I got my money and I rolled out. Then they start calling. Hey, we miss you. We love you. That's their way of saying sorry. And so the thing is, they start telling people what happened to her. Because, you know, they don't never happen to Nene. Nene never passed out. She used to drink, you know, we used to be able to try drinking gallons of Patron, gallons of Remy, VSOP and all that. She, she only had two sips with something ain't right. People just kept saying something not right. What happened in this drink? Why is she not coming over here no more? Why is she ain't talking to y'all? Then they start saying, well, she had some before she got here and passed out. So when it got back to me, oh, you want to put it on me. Okay, see, I wasn't going to say nothing about what you've done because I ain't want to call y'all out. Now is a great time to do so because you're not going to play with my name. So I went out and I said, no, what happened was y'all drugged me. And y'all know y'all did. And people started stepping up. Oh, for real? Oh, that's cruddy. Now, now I understand why I was tired one day. I just passed out and I woke up in the room. People started talking about their encounters. I was like, how many people y'all drugged? I was like, oh, nah, we ain't walking like that. So I don't know what the people done. They had to be in protective custody and all of that. They was like, can we stay with you? Get out of here. Nah, nah, nah. So I blocked it. But all of a sudden, I took the block off. And then God, as soon as I took the block off, God had a message. Hey, I just want to say, how you doing? And, you know, people people can apologize without using, using those words. I just want to say, how you doing? I miss you. And, you know, things are better now. I'm glad to hear that. I'm very glad to hear that. Okay, talk to you later. Okay, bye-bye. God is showing us who is and who's not. He's showing us things in people that we didn't see because we honored them that much to not even want to look to find. But when we do see, it doesn't mean walk away. Not every time. He may have us to be an example, to bring them back. Or he may have us to do the same, but from a distance. And it's okay. Many of that's happening in our families right now. Spread it out. We only, you know, with a select a few, inner circle, quote unquote, without a circle. Because God is restoring. Restoring just don't mean what the enemy try to take from you that you are aware of. It means that things that the enemy try to take from you that we even freely given over. See, restoration happened in two ways. Because of one man, we were made sinners. And we, you know, had to go alongside what happens when we separated from God. And because of Christ, we are restored. That's one type of restoration. Everything being restored back to its original state. Then we had the restoration when we had an opportunity to receive things from God and we walked away. And God is positioning those things back again. So we have one based upon salvation of Christ and one based upon of God's mercy and grace concerning salvation in Christ. 
Because many of the times we walked away from promises, denied promises, refused the promises, and God bringing them back because now we have a great sense that we need that in order to continue on in our journey with God. And not just need it, we want it. We didn't know what we wanted outside of God. Hallelujah. And he's having us to know, have a great sense of it. Because we need it. If you don't want to see what's ever happening to you continuing on, then stop talking about it. Can God trust you to keep your mouth closed? Me to keep my mouth? It could be a whole bitch, a whole bunch of, did I just, oh God, a whole bunch of, <laughs> I'm trying to say bunch, witch and bunch, a whole bunch of, <laughs> it could be a whole bunch of, oh God. <laughs> Excuse me, the word came out wrong. It could be a whole bunch of uh, situations that we are encountered with all the time. But you got to realize, and I have to realize that, oh God. <laughs> God. Hold up, hold up. Let's just stay with me, stay with me. But no, seriously. <laughs> it could be so many opportunities for us to, you know, to open our mouths and talk about what's happening. But can God trust us to keep our mouths closed and allow him to see us through it? It could be a whole bunch of people just dishonoring you. Are you going to tell people that? Or are you just going to see it through? Because sometimes we tell people so we can let people know, this is happening to me. This is uncomfortable. I want you to know this. Why? So they can feel uncomfortable too. So they could be feeling some type of way too because they love you and whatever happened to you, they feel it towards them and begin to dishonor them as well. And it's all dishonoring unto God. So why say anything? If it's not to make the situation of cause to become better, then why be the cause of it to become bitter and sour? God is showing you if he can trust you with things that's happening around you or around me. Sometimes we have to keep our mouths closed and keep our ears open. And keep our ears open and also open our mouths when it's necessary. Hallelujah. That's not what God wants from us. He don't want that for us. Not being able to tame our tongue. If social media or whatever type of, you know, web device or site causes you to have to look at stuff to see what's going on or who's saying what and who not, get off of it for a while. Because you don't want to be considered another statistic, another person who go around and claiming they walk with God, but lacking one thing. Because people sometimes don't let things go. Even if we put something out there, we venting about it, and we try to pull it back because we feel calm about the situation now, we got over it. People still holding on to those things we put out there. So keep up your godly character. Same goes for me. Hallelujah. God, don't do that. Don't do that. Did you just say what I thought you said? No, Father, I was saying bunch and, you know, witch and bunch. And he came up with that. Come on, Father. You know, you know, we ain't rocking like that. <laughs> God teasing me. <laughs> I know, Father. <laughs> I know. I try to combine the words. I know. I know. It's all good. It's all good. I love you guys so much. I enjoy this moment with you this morning. Whenever God used me to do whatever, I'm just going to do it. This podcast is not the portion ever it was before. And honestly, I only consider it because many of you, it's like much more listening now than I was, you know, back then when I first started out. And I don't want to leave you guys hanging because some of you, I don't even know who any of you are. And 
well, you know, and I don't want any of you to, you know, feel like this is your only way of listening. Because I was told some of you guys not even on social media like that, Facebook and all of that. And, you know, this is where you're hearing. So I don't want to just not say anything impart some words inside of you so you can continue to be impacted and I'm being impacted by you as well as I pray for you continue to pray for me hallelujah and I just thank God so much let me tell you Spotify give you your views at the end of the year and they let you know your accomplishments for the end of the year and it's the 18th day if I'm not mistaken and I'm almost at 36,000 views on the 17th to 18th day. And they let me know now versus the end of this year because I'm halfway than where I was at the end of last year this month. They want you to see how much it's becoming a success because you guys can relate to what I'm saying. And I appreciate that because many times we try to sound so businessy and so you understand, so intelligent, not even knowing that you are the intelligence of God, that we try to fancy up things. And I don't mean for those who just speak that way. I mean for those who are trying to be who they're not. Try to sound educated when they already are. If you're speaking from God, you have the wisdom of God. And many of us go so far with our wording that we lose ourselves in a conversation. Just be yourself. Be yourself. Because you cannot, I cannot be nobody else. It would never work. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening. Greater is he that is in us. Excuse me. Modian dadamo sakan gashomi mercy seat. Andi kan dadamo soko. You have to release mercy in the situation you're in. You have to release mercy. You cannot be upset. Cannot argue. Cannot throw sideways words. No, you have to release mercy. God showed me a lot of popcorn, meaning that it's time to watch the best of your life coming to pass. Mercy seat with popcorn. That's what he's showing me. Sitting down and watching us release who he is. See, thing is, we learn about God and we hear about God. We read about God. We talk to God and listen to God. And God wants us to know where we are with him. How much are we learning from him? How much are we growing because of him? What are we taking back and, you know, receiving unto God that he's releasing unto us? Where are we? Where are we standing with God right now? Because some of us are, it's like using a metaphor. We're in a car at the same pump and keep going around the same circle getting gas when we just got gas. Going around the same circle, just went to go get gas and then go back around the same circle and go get gas again. And there are people behind who actually need gas. Hallelujah. Because many of us want to be refreshed and it's good to be revived. But you got to know that if we are not persistent in our walk with God and we keep having to be, you know, remember to be revived and revived to remember, what is that going to put us to see in the full potential to grab others who actually need to be revived and consecrated from living one way to another? Because if we living with God, revival doesn't mean going higher. It means coming back to life. Now, if we're walking with life and godliness on the inside of us, then what's the purpose of us walking with Christ being revived? Revival is for those who are not aware of them getting up, who are not aware 
that Jesus is Lord, who not aware that they always win, who not aware that they are seated and they make a confession, Christ, can you be my Lord? That's the dead rising. That's death coming to life. If we have life, then where does that put us to rise up? What are we rising from to rising to? We got to know what we're doing. And it's good to have a great service of fire and, and just stay re- refreshed and recharge. But to be brought back to life, we already living that. It's for those who not aware to receive that encounter that we're receiving. So during this season of revival, know that if you already alive and unto God, you already been revived. So the revival is for those who not aware. And it's good to be around those who not aware. And it's good for us to remember we've been revived. But it's not from us going to a place and hearing music and hearing words going from dead to being alive. We already alive. And we go from glory to glory, but that's not revival. Hallelujah. Why do we think that revival always happens in a community inside those tents? Gaining people outside in the community to come alongside with God. The altar call, that's revival. Rededication, revival. Receiving Holy Spirit of baptism, that's revival. Making Jesus the Lord, that's revival. Finding a church home, that's revival. That's why every time you hear a great leader speak about the altar call, they, when people give their lives, they clap, shout, because all the heaven is rejoicing because you went from being dead to alive unto God. Hallelujah. So God is teaching us without us being in our feelings, thinking that somebody's talking at us or trying to talk down our message. No, we have to be taught. And many of us have the wisdom and the anointing from God to give a sharp message to teach us in the way we should go. And I thank God I'm one of them. And so are you. We got to be over. Okay, people going to take it this way or feel that way. We know it's not coming out that way. So if a person encounter feeling like that, then they got to take how they feel with God because we should not operate in offense and no be in defense. Hallelujah. Seriously, I mean it. Can somebody tell you the correction of what you thought was without you thinking somebody's against you or against me? Somebody can message and say, you okay? What you mean? I'm okay. I'm blessed and highly favored. That's not what I ask. I ask, are you okay? Yes or no? Because when we speak so fast like that in defense mode, it's because we became offended with the question. You know why? Because we're not okay. We don't want to admit that we're not okay. Hallelujah. Oh, the fire of God is so evident. I see so much fire. And that's what we are hungry for in the body of God. The fire. The fire. We've been revived. So just imagine how much more fire we can receive from Holy Spirit. And for those who have not yet been revived, we begin to experience what comes with revival. Being refreshed just means starting fresh. Rededicating and just feeling fresh. Thinking better. Feeling better. Knowing more. To become much more. Being recharged is just going from 
one way of doing it to a higher way of doing it. It's demonstration, much more evident. I could demonstrate in my community, and then when I'm recharged, I went from my community to a whole entire nation. See, many of us were willing to go to the nations, but not willing to even endure what's in front of us regarding a couple of people. And it's so much easy to go places where we are invited. How about being led by God to go somewhere where we're not and still shift the atmosphere like God? So today, I want you to really, really meditate on Jesus. What he do, how he talk, how he live. Because we declare and decreed and confess as he is. So are we like that? And whatever is not like that, no matter where we live, let me tell you what, keep my, keep my place and whatever I do so clean. I don't care if it's a car, whatever, I always keep it clean because it's unto God. That show my appreciation. I thank you for this place. I thank you for this bathroom. I thank you for this refrigerator. I thank you for these dishes and everything must remain clean because that's how I show my thank you and my appreciation for it. Thank you, God. That's not showing appreciation or being grateful if it's dirty. I get on my knees and scrub that toilet. It don't even matter. Thank you for blessing me with a toilet. Don't have to go outside. Thank you for a fridge. I keep it clean. Thank you for the food that's inside of it. Come on, somebody. We want to tell the truth and shame the devil. Keeping it clean for him. Many of us go around and see if a person living up to what they say or not. Let me see if you really clean. Let me, let me go. Let me go check it out. Let me see if you really be walking in faith. Let me see. Let me see if you really be out here preaching and teaching. Let me see. And when people try to have those motives, God will always have me to shut down because He's not to be mocked nor to be proven. He don't have to prove Himself. He asks us to prove Him. You don't have to try to prove me by proving him when you already expect him to move in that way because you're walking with him and I'm walking with him. So whenever somebody did that to me, I always shut down. Whenever somebody wanted me, oh, we're we going to have a blessed day because Q going to be there. Oh, it's going to be fired up when we go preach at this shelter. We go preach at this place. Oh, Q coming. Oh, man, it's going to be off the chain. God to say, don't say nothing. Because they're looking for you and not looking for me. Don't say nothing. I never forget one time I had an encounter just like Christ. I hid behind the wall and seen a crowd of people running past looking for me. And I hid myself. And I was like, dang, they was that close on me? And they and I shook them off. I was like, why, God? Because you're not their God. Many of us treat coffee as a God. I'm not going to have no good day if I don't have no coffee in the morning. Many of us get, get up so early. I got to have my coffee. Now, it's okay to drink it, but you don't got to have anything. We got to have God. I got to have that cigarette in the morning. I, I mean, I, I got to get a drink. I got I to. That's what overindulgence is. People think overindulgence is gluttony. No, gluttony is greed. And it's not just greed for food. It's greed for the lust of the world. Overindulgence meaning that we need a substitute to release unto us what only God can do. I'm going to have a good day if I give me a drink. Or I had a bad day, so I need a drink. No. You need God. You need the comfort of God. You need the wisdom of God. You need the patience of God. You need the joy of God. You don't need no bottle. I got to smoke some weed in order for me to you know, feel calm. You know, these kids get on my nerves. You know, I got these bills on my mind. You don't need no weed. You need God. 
That's what overindulgence means. Using something to re- try to replace God when he's irreplaceable. Hallelujah. This is definitely my time for now. Greater is he that is in us. Come on, cheer up. Come on. I wish I was over your house. I'd be like, come on, get up, get up, get up. <laughs> get up, get on up. <laughs> That man said with the gangster ling. I got to see what that looked like. Greater is he who's in us than he's in the world. I love you.